Hello there, and you're very welcome along to Barry Abbreviated. This is a podcast where I talk all things news, random topics, and movies. I hope you're all keeping well. So, um, I think welcome back is in order. Um, take a bit of a break there for pretty much a month, and now here we are into a new one. So, uh, yeah, um, I won't bore you with any of the details of why I was away, but, um, yeah, here we are back, and um, this week I'm talking about the long-awaited, somewhat controversial Zack Snyder's Justice League. So, um, yeah, I think it's kind of ex- extraordinary really to actually be having a podcast on this, because this film actually came to be. Um, I, for one, didn't think it was going to happen, but here you are, the power of fans and all that. Um, yeah, I think it's quite incredible. Um, now, I will talk about the um, Joss Whedon's The Justice League um, towards the end of it. I have a few thoughts on that that actually have changed from seeing um, this film, so... Yeah, I will try to keep this as light as I can. The film itself is over four hours, so this podcast will definitely be less than that. So, um, yeah, let's just get um, straight into it. Um, so going in to see this film, uh, I was kind of like, well, you do, you do kind of hear stuff like developments and things I like got there, and one things that I kind of was a bit apprehensive about was kind of the whole aspect ratio of being four by three, of course, being with him. Zack Snyder's vision, but um, yeah, I thought that was something that was going to be annoying me, but um, just a few minutes in, you get used to it, and it feels grand, you're just watching like just a show, and there you go, you can see everything on screen, you don't feel like anything's been stretched or being cut out, Um, yeah, that's enough of the aspect ratio, um, but um, yeah, one of the main points of contention about this film is the fact that it is over four hours long, which is, it is, it is an epic amount of time, but uh, it kind of made me think of um, Lord of the Rings. If you ever watched the extended version of Lord of the Rings, now they're um, a marathon themselves now. But um, not to say that Zack Snyder's Justice League can compare to Lord of the Rings. I feel Lord of the Rings is better now. But um, yeah, uh, in this film, they do kind of show you absolutely everything. A few scenes I think they could have cut out or even edited down a wee bit more. Um, I think they kind of did that because it is the fact that this just the Zack Snyder vision, this version that they wanted to show everything, so they decided to include absolutely everything. But um, I'll get to it later on on some of the things that I feel like could have just left out. Um, so yeah, but um, if you haven't seen the uh, film, as always, I will do a little bit of a plot summary. So um, please stay with me here now. <laughs> It's a it's a it's a four hour film, so I'll try to condense down as quick as much as I can. So, Zack Snyder's Justice League. It starts out with um Batman. He's trying to um create a team together, a Justice League, so to speak, because he believes there's this alien threat on the way to attack Earth. And uh, lo and behold, there is. And um, as he's as he's recruiting this team, he kind of hears then of what the threat is. It's this man Steppenwolf, and he's after these thing called mother boxes. And what mother boxes are is like they're this kind of box that can transform matter into different things. And when like your villain gets all three boxes, he then can change the, well, basically destroy the world and turn it into what his boss kind of wants the world to look like, which is called Dark Side. But I think we'll leave him out of it. He's a big bad, but he doesn't really he doesn't really feature that much in this film. But um yeah, so uh to now to fight that guy, uh Batman recruits Wonder Woman, who's on his side, Aquaman, 
not so much. Uh, he's a bit apprehensive about it, doesn't want to get involved. And the Flash, and the Flash is overjoyed to be involved because he just wants some friends. So yeah, um, so these guys all end up teaming up to try and fight Steppenwolf. And what happens is um, they basically get they get they get their they get their ass handed to them. Uh, Steppenwolf beats them quite easily, and along with they've um, Cyborg in there as well, who actually was created from the Mother Box. So he's a great deal in this film. I'll get on to him later as well. And um, yeah, they've then basically realized that they can't defeat Steppenwolf. So the one person that can defeat Steppenwolf is Superman, who of course is dead. So um, what they set on doing is basically using one of the mother boxes to bring Superman back to life. And um, that brings its own problems because basically when Superman does come back to life, he isn't fully there. It's kind of like when you wake up out of a nap, you're not really fully realize what time or what day it is. So he's a bit, um, he ends up smashing uh, all of the, like a uh, Aquaman flash around for a bit. But um, luckily he comes to his senses then when he meets Lois and then, they fly off, do their own thing for a bit, and they then end up having to go from actually awakening Superman. That leads Steppenwolf to the final mother box, and he then does the thing or ceremony where he gets all three boxes. And um, the uh, other Justice League, excluding Superman, off to go fight him. And um, they actually end up fighting him. Superman eventually joins, and they basically they defeat, they defeat Steppenwolf. But unfortunately, in doing that... Uh, when they were doing that there, the whole duration, I'm making up shambles of this. I'm very sorry <laughs> if anyone is actually, actually is trying to just keep up with the plot me telling it. But um, the Mother Box ceremony, it takes place. The world kind of ends up getting destroyed, but the Flash runs really fastly, fast, turns back time. And all is well, they they undo the ceremony and um, they defeat Steppenwolf. They get a glance at Darkseid and yeah, uh, and that's it. They kind of save the world. So yeah, that is four. That is four hours of film condensed into what was two minutes of a terrible summary. So um, yeah, I felt with the film being four hours long, I felt there's a few things that they did need to include. Um, one of them was that at the very start we're introduced to Aquaman. He's out in this thing. It's like a Scandinavian village or something. It's up. It's very cold wherever it is, and I'm just guessing kind of the Scandinavian, but um. It's a bit weird. Well, every time Aquaman basically is leaving or like in a scene, he's either tick. He's just he's just he's the full the full time. There's no point of wearing a jacket because or a top jumper because he's just throwing it off every time he is wearing it. And um, and one in the very opening scene, um, we have like Aqu Batman finds Aquaman. He's like trying to recruit him, and he's like, "Nah, man, I'm dead on ground, thanks." And he just takes off his jumper and goes into the sea. And then there's like this like two minutes of just these women singing at him. And it just, it just felt a bit long and I don't know, they just didn't see the point in including that. And like another ceremony kind of thing that they did was with the Amazons to alert the rest, to alert um, Gal Gadot about the, uh, the, them Steppenwolf, the whole shooting arrow scene. Like it takes so long and it's just based on the send a warning. But I think that then it just kind of falls into them trying to include absolutely everything that they can into this plot. Um... And another thing I felt that we did need to see enough really much of was Lois Lane. I kind of feel like they didn't really know what to do with her. Because, like, we obviously get that she was sad because Superman is dead in this. But we just have multiple scenes of her being sad. And um, then, like, her whole character, like, arc in this is her basically trying to get over the death of Superman. 
And then on the day that she decides to like put it all behind her, Superman comes back to life and just gets back with her again. So like just complete U-turn, U-turn on her doing any character growth. Um, I will touch on Martian Manhunter later. I, I'll, I'll explain a bit about him because um, I know when I was watching with my friends, they didn't have a clue who he was, but me being a bit of a comic book nerd, I, I knew who he was, but yeah. Uh, oh, a serious... One point I'd say, like, well, Zack Snyder, like, one of his uh, kind of his character, kind of characteristics you can see with his filmmaking is slow motion. And by holy, there is a lot of it in this film. Um, 10% of this film is actually in slow motion, so it's like that is 24 minutes of slow motion. I think at the start, you really feel it. And I felt I was like, oh god, I'm not looking forward to this so much slow motion. Like, because you expect with the flash, obviously, being super fast, that all that would be in slow motion, but yeah, um. I think it kind of gets better as it goes on, but like you do kind of have to just kind of bargain with it. There's no point fast forwarding the footage at all, but yeah, it's a bit of a four. It's a bit of it, it is it is an epic. Um, uh, but um, yeah, uh, I think. But uh, with that, there um, uh, they did make a lot of improvements to the show. Um, they did. It's a lot less jokey. Uh, the Flash is so much better in this. Um, I think I did find Ezra Miller Ezra Miller a little bit annoying as the Flash and awkward in um, the Whedon cut, but um, in this he is a little bit like that there again, but just a little bit more, I think more durable, I could I could put up with him a little bit more, um, another thing that they really, I thought they did re- really well was like, they kind of really individualized their fighting styles, um, like you obviously have the course of flashes zipping about the place, but um, you kind of see them different, use their different skill sets, like Batman using the grappling gun more, Aquaman with the trident, and uh, Cyborg with his gun, uh, but uh, yeah. Um, the one thing that they also did with it every time Wonder Woman went to do something, like they just played her theme, and I actually didn't notice this when I I don't know something I picked up on, but just when my friends were watching, there's like it by the by the final battle, it was dying in their heads. They hated it so much, and like I kind of enjoyed it just how much it annoyed them. But yeah, completely unnecessary. I don't know why they didn't try to make it a little more different, but. Yeah, uh, they really overplay the Wonder Woman theme. I hope they haven't broken the glass on that for everyone. Um, another thing I thought they did really, really good in this one um, was Steppenwolf's redesign. Now, um, when I first seen Whedon Cut, I thought it was grand. Like, he looked like a bit of a goat man, but a villain, whatever, didn't really care. Didn't have no Steppenwolf, didn't have much kind of any love or expectation for him. But, geez, the redesign for him looks so much better. If you actually just look at it side by side... And like even his armor and anything looks so cool. I love how like kind of adapted to its situation. Like if you felt threatened, it got sharper. And like when you see when he's talking to like Darkseid, he kind of fades off him because he's like kind of being more vulnerable and kind of showing respect. But oh, he looks so much more threatening and just like bigger and stronger. Like such such an improvement on the original one. But um, yeah, so good. Uh, but um, yeah. Uh, another uh, person that they made a lot better was Cyborg. Like I was grand with him in the Whedon, like I thought it was like dead on, but just the amount of inclusion and just the further exploration of his character because there's actually so much of this film is about him because he was literally character was created from the one of the central roles in this, like the mother box, and just how him dealing with the trauma of like losing his family and just the influence and power that he has and like how much his life has changed, like you really feel that and you really see that on screen. So I think that is something that was so good and. Kind of like it shows how badly he was like um put pushed aside in in the Justice League, which is which is shocking. But 
yeah, I was so I was so I was, I really enjoyed his character. I I love seeing him more. Um, I don't know now. You know yourself, like what the state of the DC universe. You don't know where the future is really gonna go. And um, I thought the, en- the ending fight uh, was so good. They had a plan, which was fantastic. Um, the last these <laughs> are just Whedon's when they just literally go in for hell for leather and just try to just basically try to solve, save the day. But I really liked the fact that they had a plan. Batman was a bit more Batman-y. He had um he had an idea of what kind of what he had to do. And oh it was just it was just so much good. I I really I really enjoyed it. It really just was like an epic. Um yeah, I'm just gonna keep this brisk, folks. Um so for remember that bit, um I like to talk a bit about Martian Manhunter. It's like why was he there? I think it was just to try and show that the the universe was expanding. But um with the Martian Manhunter, like um we see him waking up Bruce Wayne and I, I was like, this is like, I don't know, it doesn't give you a time, like, exactly, but as to when after the battle. But uh, you just have Batman, he's just lying, you know, Bruce Wayne's just lying in bed, and then he just wakes up, and then he goes out to, like, from his house, and there's just this green alien with red eyes floating in front of him. And he's just totally cool with it, and he just chats to him. And, like, I don't, we're, we're not given an idea that they previously know each other, but he's just totally cool with this, and I was like, um, that's a little bit suspicious, and, um... As I said earlier, like my friends, they didn't know who Martian Manhunter was, and like I knew that he was a member of the Justice League, and like the comics not there, but um, yeah, he's a bit of like a a Vision kind of s character. He's wise, he's strong, he can fly, he can kind of phase through stuff. So like there, there's parallels there, but um, yeah, I just thought it was very strange and just a bit weird how that kind of happened. How he just kind of flies in and introduces himself. Um, another bit I thought was I, I thought it was kind of funny. The they they just subtle nods to which I really liked towards um, Wonder Woman and kind of like Bruce Wayne having this kind of like semi-romantic relationship just the bit where they touch the mouse where like they're, like the bit of awkwardness between them I really enjoyed that I, I thought that was quite a nice moment really kind of like humanize the characters a little bit more that they're not always this stoic and um, always like very professional, very professional. but um uh, yeah I, I understand this is very brief on a four hour film but I'm, tr- I'm trying to keep it as light as possible so um yeah uh, a bit on the Justice League, uh I, I first of all when I seen it I thought it was grand like I thought it was very I think Joss Whedon was he was kind of did exactly what he's brought it to do he kind of marvelled up a DC film, totally it didn't really work and I I was grand with it I was like yeah it's a dead on film it's grand it's for DC standards it was good but if Marvel handed that I wouldn't really be happy with it, but um yeah uh. Snyder, Snyder got was such such an improvement on it on um just like I'd have to give it a best film ever, so um yeah that's that's kind of all my brief enough thoughts on um uh, Justice League if you well Snyder Snyder Snyder's Justice League please if you do have more do more to say or do want to chat with me do feel free to get in contact and um, as always I have a recommendation and um recommendation of the week uh, that is scott pilgrim versus the world it just recently passed it's like a 10 year anniversary from its original release and um if you haven't seen this film uh i cannot recommend it high enough it is one of my favorite films it's um directed by edgar wright and he's done um some like amazing work he's done like um baby driver as well so like his editing is really cool and um it is based off a comic as well and like i read the first issue and like it's some it's amazing some of the frames are like shot for shot the exact same and yeah it's um got a great cat 
great great cast and Gilbert and Michael Sierra he's, he's great as his character um, I, I would love to uh, do a movie review on that sometime in the future but um, yeah it is on Netflix please check out Scott Pilgrim vs. the World it's, kind of, it's a video game-esque it's, it's a video game-esque film so yeah please give it a go and guys, um, that is all for this week. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, if you felt I glossed over anything from Justice League, please let me know. Um, I want to hear what you got to say. And um, you can do that on Instagram at barryabraviate or barryabraviate at gmail.com. I'd like to thank Rob for always pulling us up. I'd like to thank you along for listening at home. Um, I've been Barry. This has been Barry Abraviate. Uh, Till next week, guys. Um, stay safe out there and I hope you have a good one.